0: Kyle Connor may not be out of action for the Jets for long, perhaps six to eight weeks, which is a bit of a godsend if what we just saw for the first period against the San Jose Sharks is anything to go by without him. We'll talk about all of that and more on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Evening, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on all of your favorite podcasting platforms and YouTube. Doing so, of course, is always free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. Most of all, though, we just love and appreciate your support. Tonight's episode is brought to you by Sleeper. Download the Sleeper app and use promo code LOCKEDONNHL to get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Now, like I said, you know, Kyle Connor, we got an update today, although from the team itself, he'd actually call it not much of an update speculation from Scott Billik and a few others from local Jets media from I don't know whether it's team sources or uh, somebody saying it to them has suggested that before examination from the Jets medical staff it seems like maybe six to eight weeks for Kyle Connor on the hopeful side which is kind of similar to what we saw with Velarde I feel like we might be looking at some sort of an MCL sprain or something which if that is in fact the case the Jets dodged a huge bullet Six to eight weeks without Connor is a lot more preferable than like three to four months. Right. That's a relatively survivable period. There's going to be a bit of a holiday break for the Jets. And, uh, you know, I-, I mean, it's not ideal. Right. You just lost your top finisher. And I, I mean, <laughs> let's be real. Right. Kyle is almost irreplaceable for this team. I know that, you know, we've had our our fair share of gripes with how he's played at times. Uh, but make no mistake. Right. <clears throat> When it comes to elite finishing talent on a team that recently hasn't been scoring quite as much as you'd think uh, against some top teams, it's it's a little bit challenging to work around that. So the Jets have kind of been making some overtures with the Philadelphia Flyers. Apparently, at the Sharks game tonight, uh, it sounds like the Flyers do have scouts in attendance, which, based on the fact that, that the you know, shovel day off was at a recent Flyers game the other night, does kind of point to the fact that there's some traction between the parties. Now, I can't really tell you what they'd be looking at. I think Konechny is probably one name that's been floated around. Sean Walker's another. Uh, Heaven forbid it is Rasmus Ristolainen, because if that's the case, I'm just not watching the rest of the season. I'm being a little bit facetious, uh, but yeah, Ristolainen, not exactly the upgrade that the Jets would really be benefiting from. Um, maybe they try for like, I don't know, some sort of fan favorite, like a Lawton or something. I, I honestly don't know what the Jets would even be after there. But hey, Winnipeg is apparently at least looking at one of the places that I would say is, uh, for me, a team that I would want to trade with, right? The Flyers kind of need to rebuild, and the Jets could probably pull some really, really good players and stuff out of Philadelphia. Uh, a couple of huge upgrades for this team. And if they were to somehow swing a Konechny, and um, and and Walker deal. I mean, hey, you know, with the right prices and everything, I could really be down for that. It probably would involve, you know, a Jets first of some sort uh, or <coughs> excuse me, another high pick, maybe like a uh, uh, another top prospect like a Barlow or something. You know, and and, of course, the Jets are going to have to move salary, right? So Nate Schmidt would probably be out the door, maybe Logan Stanley. But if that's the return that you get, Kinecney and Walker, I think you could probably talk yourself into it pretty nicely, uh, especially considering the fact that once Kyle Connor gets healthy, you now have Konechny to throw around in your top nine, which is pretty darn freaking awesome when you think about it, right? Uh, in a like, not ne- necessarily like elite, elite top forward, but a guy who's a really good top sixer. I've always been a big fan of his. It's kind of like adding another pseudo Kyle Connor. He's not at the same level as Kyle is, but he's really, really good. So, uh, you know, for the right price, again, I think this makes a lot of sense. The Jets could also try and do some other stuff. We talked about yesterday, the whole Verona situation, which Verona is actually now in waivers. And if he does clear and perhaps the the Blues retain some salary and stuff and the Jets maybe work like a Logan Stanley trade in there, I could potentially be talked into Verona. But I feel like with the whole uh, Kyle Connor situation, right, if he moves to LTIR, which I think the Jets are probably going to want to delay as much as possible, I, you know obviously the every bit of cap space that you have left suddenly becomes so much more valuable a call-up is going to eat up space it's going to leave only a little bit more room for maybe one more call-up in cap hit uh so you know the Jets don't really like to to use cap space they like to Bank it ahead of the trade deadline and if you switch to ltir suddenly you stop banking that particular gap of of, of space and that's not what the Jets want to do they don't want to have almost no room for an acquisition I think you know, at the start of the year, they were projected to have like almost six to seven million in cap space around the deadline. So having more uh, freedom to make perhaps up to two big moves would be really critical for the Jets. I think this is a year that Winnipeg is kind of thinking about going for it. I get that vibe. I get the sense that with Chevy actively courting the Flyers, there's a a suggestion here that the Jets are really serious about the season. And I think Now that Shifley and Hellebuck are both locked up long term, it has added a level of certainty that I think was maybe the deciding piece for what Winnipeg does next, right? You have two of your cornerstones of the franchise signed long term. You've got them locked up for the next forever, how many years? And you know that you can build around them, which I think for the Jets was kind of uh, a huge question mark heading to the offseason. Now that it's answered, though, you know what you've got to do. It's just getting out there and doing it. And with the team being as pretty darn good as it is so far, uh, ignoring what's happening in the Sharks game, Winnipeg has like legit incentive to go for it. So I really feel like this is the time to try and make something happen. I think the Flyers are an ideal trade partner and uh, the Jets could really make some magic happen, even with Kyle Connor potentially returning in the next six to eight weeks. Now that's not guaranteed. That's not confirmed. And the Jets haven't said that themselves. So take it with a grain of salt. But assuming it's MCL, might not be the, the uh, worst case scenario. So cross your fingers for a quick return. Now, I've alluded to the Sharks game. We're going to talk about the first period in a little bit. But first, I want to talk about tomorrow's game because the Jets have a back-to-back with a, uh, a date with LA again, which didn't exactly go well the first time. Maybe it goes a little bit better the second time. We'll get into all of that in just a moment. Before we go any further, though, I don't want to shout out our friends and partners at Sleeper. A new NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Cole Perfetti could score 50 goals. The Winnipeg Jets could hoist the Stanley Cup. And you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy contests. All you have to do is just be really observant. If you're a stats nerd and you love following the top players, whether it's Ovechkin... McDavid, McKinnon, McCarr, uh, Ehlers, Shifley, Hellebuck. All you got to do is either get a higher or lower uh, stats prediction correct against sleepers projections. And if you do it for anything from goals to assists to saves to so much more in a given game, and you get up to eight of those correct, you could win at 100 times your cash. Eight stats categories uh, picked correctly, you get 100 times your bet, which is pretty flipping awesome if you ask me. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can win big with Sleeper. Use promo code locked on NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your very first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Everydayers, thank you so much for rejoining us on tonight's episode as we talk about uh, a couple of real fun things for the Jets. Obviously, you know, Kyle Connor, some good news there. He he might not be out for as long as we were concerned about. And uh, Winnipeg is actually in action right now. I have to record an episode, of course, before the evening uh, fills out. But, you know, the Jets have a bit of a back-to-back Uh, Sharks and LA swing yesterday. I said I was a little bit concerned about the Sharks game, perhaps because it might be a trap scenario and given uh, San Jose's ability to come back from deficits. I think we know that the Sharks are a little bit better than people think so far. That game is kind of proving to be a bit more of a pain than I expected. But before we even get to the Sharks, obviously the Kings are also on this road trip and the jets are probably not going to love seeing Pierre-Luc Dubois again, before we talk about what Winnipeg might expect against a uh, a resurgent Kings team this year, just wanted to let you know something really cool that locked on is doing. We have launched the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel on YouTube locked on sports today is here for you all day 24 seven covering the top sports stories with our local experts and our national shows covering all leagues go to locked on sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24 seven streaming channel. I promise you, it is worth your time, and of course, it brings the best of the Locked On Podcast Network all day, every day, just like your team, every day. Now, circling back to uh, the Kings, right? Obviously, the specific trip is a huge uh, bleh for the Jets, right? They're facing two bad teams, but with how Winnipeg is recently, I don't know that it's necessarily something that the Jets can just discount. They might be playing some teams that are tanking, but, you know, Winnipeg is not at a level over the past couple of games, especially at 5v5, where I think they can quite let off the gas and relax. And that's especially true when they faced the, uh, they faced the closer on this trip, which is L.A. Now, this is going to be one of the hardest teams the Jets have faced recently, and it's going to be a road game, which for Winnipeg is probably a little bit of, of a scary proposition. Winnipeg did really well against the Colorado Avalanche the other day. The Kings are a little bit of another uh, tough test, right? L.A. has been fantastic this year. They are quite honestly one of the few teams that I think legitimately scares me for a Stanley Cup run. Uh, They are stronger and deeper and faster and more skilled than they've been in years. They have really good balance up and down the lineup. And the fact that Pierre-Luc Dubois is playing on their third line, despite having a bit of a mediocre start to the season, really tells you that this team really doesn't fear much in the way of matchups. Like you've got Byfield, Kopitar, and Kempe on the first line. Sounds a little bit familiar to something the Jets might be running. Fiala, Dano, and Trevor Moore on the second. Hey, what does that sound like? Profetti Nemesnikov and, uh, you know, one of uh, Baron or whoever it is at this point that's playing there now. Obviously, with the injuries, things have been jumbled up a little bit. Uh, Traditionally, I know that you've seen um, Ehlers there, but of course we've had some changes in light of Connor's absence Then you've got Grundström, Dubois, Laferrier on the third line, and Louis Lazat and Kaliev on the fourth. That is a team that presents a lot of matchup problems for the Jets, and we saw how the first game against the Kings went at home. did not exactly end well for the Jets, if I'm being honest, and I don't know that this game is going to be much easier. It's a road game. It's a really tough opponent, and L.A. has generally been pretty good recently. Uh, They have beaten the Avs. They've beaten... um, you know a couple of other really good teams they've taken care of our central division friends in arizona and st louis they also smacked around the ducks they've had a couple of losses in there that are not as good you know the islanders uh, and caps are probably not teams that you want to fall to but generally speaking right the the kings are third in the pacific for a reason they are a team that i would like to avoid in the playoffs uh and so you know assuming that even dubois gets to like 75 to 80% of what he was capable of from like last year, right? That King's team is going to be a very serious problem. So uh for the Jets, I, I think one of the biggest things is just being disciplined. Somebody actually did a, a scatter plot of where a lot of teams rank in terms of penalties drawn and penalties taken. The Jets have actually kind of gotten themselves into the good quadrant. The Jets are generally disciplined. They don't get themselves into too much trouble. And I think that's been a really good thing because like the PK is still not ideal. And while Hellebuck has been at the top of his game recently, you just don't want to lean on that all the time. Um, It's nice that you have an elite goaltender. You just don't want to make him the workhorse all the time to to kind of clean up the rest of your mistakes and stuff. So yeah, you know, the jets, I mean, all I can say is with a back-to-back, right, it's going to be a tough one. Given how they're starting against the sharks, I don't know if the thought process was to maybe not go full out before you go to LA for a huge, really hard road game, but you just can't sleep against the Sharks team. And we'll talk about how that period has gone and uh, what's a little bit concerning for me in just a little bit. Um, But of course, you know, the Jets still have a huge game against the Kings tomorrow. Let's hope for a big victory. I'm going to say the Jets fall in this one 4-3 Four to three or four to two. Let me know what you think. I think it's going to be a really tight scoreline. I think it's going to be very hard for the Jets, but maybe they pull off another Colorado Avs game and silence us critics or doubters who think that you know perhaps there is uh, an opponent that might just be a little too much to handle on the second night of consecutive games. But again, maybe the Jets surprise us all with a great win. We'll talk about uh, how the Sharks game is going in just a moment. But before we go any further. I don't want to shout out our friends and partners at eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your vehicle alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and so much more. Whether, Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has your back. And with over 122 million parts for your number one vehicle, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for with eBay's Guaranteed Fit. You can also be sure that part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time where you get your money back. After all, they want you to burn rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home the victory. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Hello, Jets fans, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Every day, I just thank you for rejoining us in tonight's closing thoughts as we uh, talk about the first period of Jets versus Sharks. This game is still ongoing, uh, and (laughs) I'm going to be honest, Winnipeg not doing as as well as I'd like. Yeah, uh, the first five to ten minutes of this game were something of a nightmare. The Sharks basically outshot the Jets like 11 to 1, um, and that was before like we even hit like the ninth or 10th minute of the first period. And it wasn't like they were just a couple of harmless shots, right? Some of them were point shots that weren't really any trouble for Brassois, but some of them were actually down low in tight in the slot area. And the jets just sort of slept walk through, you know, a, a good chunk of this period. I don't know what was going on. I don't know if the jets underestimated San Jose or felt like it was in the game that they had to take seriously where they didn't have to skate a hundred percent of the time, but Winnipeg just looked slow. Uh, It looked like they had cement for skates, which is a thing that's happened with this team at times, but against the last place in the uh, last place team in the NHL, the San Jose sharks, who were at one point on pace to win something like 10 to 15 games uh, based on the start of their season. Obviously they've recovered and they've been much better recently, but you still cannot be getting dummied by this team. Uh, It got to the point where Justin Bailey opened the scoring and Justin Bailey had not scored a goal in the NHL in six years. Six years. 2018 was the last time he scored with the Buffalo Sabres. Yeah, it was that kind of first period. Thankfully, this being the Sharks, the Jets kind of got bailed out as um, <laughs> San Jose started offering a, uh, offering up a couple of opportunities. Winnipeg tried for a couple of tricky deflections. It seemed like Mackenzie Blackwood was having trouble tracking some of them. And Brendan Dillon, lo and behold, of course, who else would it be, right? He had a point shot from the left corner go... Um, near the blue line. I don't know exactly who it's been credited to because it's kind of gone back and forth. Uh, Currently he has it, but I've also seen that at one point there was discussion of crediting the goal to Nemesnikov. I'm sure the NHL uh, war room is taking a really close look at it because it almost did look like the puck grazed Nemesnikov's stick for a tip. Uh, So far, Dylan is still credited with the goal. So it doesn't look like that has uh, stood necessarily, but yeah, Either way, a really important goal, and it kind of seemed to turn the game a little bit uh, around, I would say. Winnipeg started applying pressure, which you'd expect because this is the Jets versus the Sharks. Winnipeg should kind of be smacking the Sharks team around if they're really serious about being uh, being a contender. And look, you're not going to be on your best uh, at all times, right? You're going to have games where against opponents you should probably beat, you just suck. And that's true of almost any quality team. Uh, but this is just not a game where the Jets can really afford to Uh, futz around and maybe piss away two points, right? Uh, You know, you're on the road, not easy, but you've got the Kings tomorrow. You've got to take care of business against the Sharks because there's no guarantee that you get even a point in the Kings game. In fact, like I said, I predicted the Kings are probably going to win something like four to three, maybe even four to two. LA is fast, they're dangerous, and at home, they're going to be an absolute bear to dislodge. I know the Jets were able to beat the Avs, but this Kings team is a lot healthier and deeper than that af squad so the jets have a tough task and they really need to get through the sharks game relatively uh, as unscathed as possible there was a really scary moment at the end of the first where the jets were on the power play and eeler straight up got interfered with and hauled down and went into the boards awkwardly legs first we've seen that happen before i started like breathing into like a paper bag you know uh, that was not a good look. Thankfully, he got up under his own power, but it is really scary to see that what with all of the injuries the Jets are dealing with and Eler's own injury history, just like the last possible thing Winnipeg could need. So um, some stuff to watch out for the rest of the game. Uh, the line blenders were out as the Jets weren't really doing much. Bones, I got to say, when it comes to this kind of stuff, he really doesn't do very well. I know that he's tried different line combos in the past, but A lot of them don't really look all that different from stuff Paul Maurice used to do. And let's be real. Anytime the Paul Maurice line blender came out, it was not the most pleasant of experiences. I got to be honest. So let's hope that the Jets get back to some level of consistency. Uh, This is a Sharks team that the Jets really just have to beat. I know we said that about the Ducks and it was a little hairy at times. And the KFC injury certainly changed the complexion of that game. But the Jets, if they're serious about contending, if they want to be seen as a true competitor for a cup run or even just a, a deep playoff run, they've got to nut up and nut up or shut up, right? They've got to be serious about this. And it seems like so far, at least they've understood the assignment a lot better than you know the the opening minutes of the first period. So cross your fingers for a big win. We'll talk about what they do in the rest of the game on tomorrow's episode. But for tonight's show, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thanks so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. We'll be back here tomorrow with more news and hopefully a longer-term update on Kyle Connor as to whether he really is out for six to eight weeks or if it's going to be a different time frame. We'll hope to have an answer for you tomorrow. But like I said, that's all the time that we have for tonight. As always, have a great night and go Jets go.